Chris here and the host of the hour. First to follow the fox named Neve, with books laid before the bear named M, to read and retire around the long fire. We're back. We're done. We're done and we're back. Yeah. I mean, we still have back matter, but. We're done and we're back matter. Actually, not this week. Later yeah. next time. Uh, we're done with the, the saga, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to take a week off to read through all the back matter because it's like 100 pages. Yes. So. I was looking at it and I, I went to you the other night and I was like, I think this is too much for a week. I don't think I can do this. And you were like, well, we already have a week off. I was like, wait, really? Okay, well, good. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've been dreading the 100 pages at the back of this book for a while. So, <laughs> I mean, it'll be fine. I'm just going to I'm literally going to start it probably tomorrow and read a yeah. little bit every day and it'll be fine. Um, but I've also got. Uh, fucking elf boy to read uh, on top of it, you know? Uh, and I'm busy with every other thing I do. Yeah. Uh, the one bad thing is that I have to get in two volumes of Nana, including one that has, like, a bonus story at the same time. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't have multiple book clubs. This is my advice to anyone who wants to do a podcast. Uh, one book club, that's all you get. <laughs> Unless you love reading way more than I... I mean, I like yeah. reading, but, like, damn, I got shit to do. Um, I still feel like a volume of Nana is easier for me to fit into my life than six episodes of anime, six to eight episodes. Um, oh yeah. No, yeah. I, um, I don't really want to do a comics podcast with my time ever, but, um, reading a volume of manga takes like 20 minutes. <laughs> Nana takes a bit longer. It's pretty dense, but yeah. I don't know about that. I read Nana in like three days. Um, that's true. I also think that you probably, I feel like you read faster than I do. Um, yeah. I I can do the speed reading thing, but I also do have the thing where I hear the voice in my head if I'm reading, and if I speed read, I don't hear the voice, but then I enjoy it less. So oh, I've never I've never heard a voice in my head when I'm reading. That's not part of my reading experience. Oh yeah, I like hear voices in my head as I'm reading. I have like my voice reading it, and then like sometimes I will also hear character voices. Yeah, um, none of that. But if I try to read faster, I don't hear any of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so if I need to read through something quickly, like probably when it comes to reading the back matter, I will go faster and then Mm. not hear the voice, but it's just less enjoyable to me than hearing it. So that's fair. That sounds pleasant. It's not, it's never been my experience. Um, I don't know if some of this is just like from when I was a kid and I really got into reading for like the one, my, my dad read to me for a really long time because it was like a thing that I always wanted uh, in part mm. just because it was like a thing where I got attention, I guess. <laughs> Damn. Um, is my dad you would sit here. there and, and read me like, you know, a bedtime story. It'd be like a chapter of Animorphs, which I was like reading above that level. But Animorphs was a short chapter. So it was like, you know, we save that for bedtimes. Um, so, yeah, maybe some of it is that. And then it's also just uh, I had like a big section or a like big point in my life where I was reading a lot of poetry. Um, and I feel like for poetry, you like really have to hear the like sounds and rhythms in your head to like fully enjoy it. Um, at least to me, uh, like I feel like poetry is often best read out loud. And so I just if you read it out loud in your head, <laughs> um, you get a similar effect. So. Um, but yeah, I guess we should get into the, the end of the saga. 
Yeah, I actually uh, thought the reading this week was pretty fucking good. Other than the part where this book just thinks Creamhild is wrong, and I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, other than the initial premise, the foundational assumption the text makes i really liked it however there is that one thing which is uh they think that it's bad that she took her vengeance and i think it's sick as hell yeah um i especially loved chapter 37 of this like whole tragic like you know the it felt like it was really doing this like uh death of old chivalry with yes. with Rudiger dying and like the stuff that broke down, but then it feels like Dietrich just like reasserts it in a new way. So well, it's weird because like Dietrich reasserts it, but like with the understanding that the thing he is doing is like driven by the entanglement of necessity. Like basically, he's he's fucking World War One entangled right here. He's like, I don't yeah. want to do this thing, but I ha- I am sworn to do this thing. I will I will make it has as. Easy on everyone is. I guess we just talk about what happens. Yeah, we'll we'll go through and then we'll we'll really talk. Yeah. but uh, yeah, the final chapter also goes hard. Um, middle chapter's good too, but it's I feel the weakest of of the three. Uh, but that's the we've uh, had way does weaker. Get fucking Goku vaporized <laughs> yeah, by hit, true. hit with a That's sword. true. Okay. <laughs> um. So chapter thirty-seven. Uh, Rudiger and his. This is also truly like what I love about old Yakuza movies, like especially the Ninkyoega, uh, is the stuff happening with R- Rudiger here. So, uh, Rudiger in his role as guide to the Burgundians is bound by honor not to fight them. Uh, even though he wants to, because he sees like everything that's happening. Um, and he's mocked by a Hunnish warrior for this, for being a coward and for not fighting them. Um, and so he, in order to defend his honor here, because he's like, I'm like bound by duty not to fight them. Uh, he kills that Anish warrior. But he's also he's also bound by his queen to protect her. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's bound on like both sides. Uh, yeah. But so he kills this this. Uh, you know, he's struggling with this like deep conflicting uh, uh, like loyalties that he has to have as like a good noble knight. Um, and so he kills this warrior for mocking him uh, to defend his honor. Um, but then this angers King Etzel and Creamhild, who are like, hey, you know, you swore loyalty to, to Creamhild. You said you would do anything. Like, what are you doing killing this this warrior? Um, and so Rudiger asks, uh, asks King Etzel to take back all of his lands and castles and send him into exile to, like, basically just resolve this double bind. Like, just do this. I will leave. Uh, I won't have to fight them. I won't be, like, your vassal anymore. Um and I won't be stuck in this like conflicting, uh, you know, duty that I have. Um, but Etzel says, instead, I'm just going to like, if you go and fight them for us, we will give you those lands and castles outright. Um, like you will just become a sovereign in your own right of yeah. the, the lands that you like currently look over for me. Uh, and Rudiger is still like, no, uh, I don't want to do this. My, my daughter, like as a, you know, a reminder, my daughter's also engaged to Gieselhair. Like, uh, I'm, like, pretty in deep with the Burgundians right now as well. Um, but then finally, Creamhild convinces him, um, although he only agrees on the... He, like, basically knows that he's probably going to go to die if he does this. So he's like, uh, if I go and I die, then King Atzel has to look after my family and, like, all the exiles at Pachlarn, like, take care of, like, everybody that I'm taking care of right now. I, like, want to make sure that they're set. Um... This is all like pure Yakuza stuff to you. Uh, I, w- I was feasting in this chapter. Um, so then Rudiger uh, gathers a retinue and goes to fight the Burgundians. Um, 
and the Burgundians are trying to delay it and negotiating for peace. And they're like reminding him of each and every gift that he gave them. Like, oh, you know, this sword, it's helped me so much. And uh, all that stuff that we had earlier, it all comes back. Uh, notable moments here include uh, Garanot in being like, this sword is so great, uh, also vows that if Rudiger turns against them, he will kill him with that very sword. Um, as well as Hagen thanking Rudiger for the shield, but then lamenting that the shield that Rudiger gave him was broken. Um, being like, if I only had like another fine shield, like the one that you're currently carrying, like, you know, it would aid me just as well, basically. Um, and so Rudiger gifts his own shield to Hagen. In exchange, Hagen's like, okay, since you gave me this gift of the shield, like, if you attack us, I vow that, like, I'm going to stay out of it. I'm not going to fight you. Um, and, uh, Volker is just like, like, Hagen and Volker are like fucking, is my assumption at this point. They, they do everything yes. together. Uh, so Volker's like, well, if Hagen's not going to fight you, I'm not going to fight you either. Um, so I'm also swearing not to fight you. Uh, of course, a battle breaks out. Uh, ultimately, Rudiger deals a death blow to Garanot. Uh, I was wrong. Gieselhair does not die first, but Garanot does. Um, and in his dying moments, uh, Garanot makes due on his promise, uh, strikes back with the sword that Rudiger gave him and kills Rudiger. Uh, and everyone laments this death because he was such a noble, chivalrous knight. Um, yeah. So, uh, chapter 38, we get, like, a continuation of people lamenting the death of Rudiger. Um, and Dietrich's men, in particular, are so full of sorrow that uh, they end up going... There's, like, some various talk here, but the, the result is that they go to get Rudiger's body. Um, it's, like, somewhat to, like, make sure that it's true, but then they also are like, uh, we're supposed to take the body back, which is, like, sort of overstepping their actual orders. Um, yes. When the Burgundians deny the the opportunity to, like, go get the body and take it back, uh, they decide, fully against Dietrich's orders at this point, to attack the Burgundians and get revenge for Rudiger. To um, be fair, the Burgundians are extremely rude to them in their moment of grief. Yeah, they, they are really egging this on, and specifically being like, if you want to come get the body, you like basically have to go through us to get to it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they are being shits here. <laughs> um, so yeah, fighting breaks out. Uh, eventually, uh, Fulker kills Dietrich's nephew, uh, Sigestop. This, uh, enrages Hildebrand. Uh, so then Hildebrand kills Fulker. Uh, this enrages Hagen. Um, we, we step away from Hagen being, like, full of sorrow and rage to go to Helpfrek, who kills Donkvart. Um, in revenge for Donkvart, Gunther and Gieselhair team up to kill Helpfrek. Uh, then Wolfhart and Gieselhair fight each other and kill each other. Um, who's the one who, I think it's, is it Hildebrand who, who, uh, vaporizes someone's armor? Or no, that was, yeah, that was Volker's armor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Volker um, just gets fucking blasted. It's like specifically like it breaks down to the atoms and like scatters to the wind. Yeah, it's, it's specifically that like the the rivets and whatever holding the armor together dissolve into atoms which are spread like a cloud across the hall, which is yeah. fucking sick. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, Hildebrand, when when Wolfhart dies, mourns his death uh, and is also in sorrow. And then we re return to Hagen, who's, uh, you know, giving up his sorrow over or turning from his sorrow over Volker to challenge Hildebrand to get vengeance.
Um, so they end up fighting. Uh, Hagen has Balmung, which he stole from uh, Siegfried. Um, and so he's so well armed that Hillebrand cannot touch him and is wounded. Um, and Hillebrand sort of sees the writing on the wall and is like, if I stick around, I'm going to die. So he turns and flees to tell Dietrich about what has happened. Uh, there's sort of this great thing where, like, he, he, doesn't say the big thing of like everybody's dead until towards the very end <laughs> um but once Dietrich finds out that everybody is dead uh he's so overcome with grief for all that he's lost like you know he doesn't have like liegemen anymore uh all of this and like his uh you know I, th- I think it was like son or something or like nephew uh lots of people have died yeah. Uh, and so finally he goes with Hildebrand to, to face the Burgundians. Um, although like he still, as we'll see, is not like immediately I'm going to go get revenge. Um, as you know, at this point, the only people that remain on the, the sides other than like Etzel and Kriemhild, uh, but like the ones that are going to be fighting is Dietrich and Hildebrand on one side and Gunther and Hagen on the other. Um, so then chapter 39, Dietrich goes to Gunther and Hagen and tries to negotiate for peace again. Uh, but Hagen continues to egg him on to violence. Uh, He's extremely reasonable in this, I feel like. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, they've had the worst. It's like been a night. It's like the next day. Right. And are mm. just like. I guess uh, they're just in it too deep. Like they're at the end of like, uh, like fucking reservoir dogs, like just like whatever. We can't let it go now. It's too far. (laughs) There's a certain point at which it's like, like it's a little too late for negotiating for peace. It's like truly too late now. Um, Because kind of just been like watching this whole shit happen, right? Like he puts on his fucking king armor and marches in all shiny and new and is like, hey, chill out. Let's have a talk. Yeah. He's like, remember, we said that we were going to be cool. Um, and they're like, okay, uh, a bunch of your, like, liegemen came and kill a bu- killed a bunch of our people. <laughs> um, so, of course, they eventually, uh, fight, uh, Dietrich fights and eventually wounds Hagen, and then, uh, once Hagen is wounded, is able to, like, wrestle him and subdue him, uh, and take him to Kriemhild in bondage, uh, and he immediately asks her to free him rather than kill him and, like, sort of put an end to this like a a a slightly more peaceful or like uh kind ending to this uh but she's like no i'm not gonna do that um and while this is happening gunther i think is like come closer or something he's like crying out being like hey where'd you take hagen um so dietrich goes and fights gunther subdues him as well uh takes him to to kriemhild um, and then Kriemhild is trying to get Hagen to reveal the location of her treasure that was stolen, and he continues to refuse. Um, and so she has her brother Gunther beheaded and brings his head to Hagen and, and shows Hagen Gunther's head. Um, Hagen still refuses to reveal the location of the treasure. And so Kriemhild takes her husband's sword from Hagen and cuts his head off with it. And it's incredible. Um, yeah, I was cheering. Uh, and then Dietrich is offended that a woman would take so great a warrior's life. And so he kills Kriemhild with his own sword. Um, and then no, everyone Dietrich doesn't do it. It's what's his face? Or does he? Oh, is it, um, Hildebrand is Hildebrand. moved to passion. Yeah, Hildebrand. Um, Dietrich just like watches all and's like, man, this could have gone better for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Hildebrand. Um, yeah, Dietrich laments, but Hildebrand is the one who's like driven to madness. Yeah, and then it d- doesn't say what happens to him other than it's presumed that he dies because he kills the queen. Yeah. 
um, in my head after I read this and then was writing the synopsis, I transposed it on Dietrich because there's all that stuff about um, Kriemhild being scared of Dietrich. But yeah, Hildebrand kills her. Uh, and then, yeah, it's like, we won't be able to tell you what ne- what's next, except like lots of people weeped for the grand tragedy that was the Nibelungen lead, the end. Yep. Um, yeah. Etzel's very bad week. <laughs> uh, truly. Maybe, maybe the most inexplicably aggrieved man in the world. He did not know any of this was going to happen. Falls on his doorstep. Everyone's dead. His guests are dead. His men are dead. His queen's dead. What the fuck? Yeah, he's just like, uh, you know, we've been married for a while and I've like never met your in-laws. We should like invite them over, you know? Yeah. Uh, summer vacation's coming up. Like, I can, I can do a cookout. It'll be a lot of fun. And then just the whole family just goes to shit um murdering each other you don't even have your wife at the end everybody's dead (laughs) yes i do think it is um i mean i understand why she cares but i do think that creamhill making this about getting her treasure back to um to hagen gives him a power over her that she did not need to cede to this man Uh uh-huh because she's rude. She's a queen. She's she's like, you know, she's in a position of massive power. And yet she's still like, I'm going like, I want I want to know where the treasure is. And, it's you know, fair enough that this is the hurt part of her hurt because it's part of her. Like, it's her birthright and it's wrapped up in her dead husband and shit like that. I understand. Yeah. Um, But it allows him to just go. You have no power over me. Like, he's the fucking joker. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, only me and God know the location. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was also weird, too, because I, I felt like at the time when there was, like, the treasure and Hagen bearing the treasure, more of it felt like we just can't let her have this money because she'll, like, amass a force against us. Uh, and against me, specifically, Hagen, the man who, who like, wronged her. Um, so, yeah, having it become, like, the final sticking point, uh, I, I felt like more of it, I going into it, I felt like the main motivation was just the revenge against Hagen. Um but I guess in the final moments, it was like, also, can I get my treasure back, please? So. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it, it ended strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This back There's half has been of, kind of uh, boring. Everyone but. bound by their duty, crying about having to murder a guy. And I'm like, yeah, here we go. This is the shit. Yeah. This is why we're going to read Lamort Arthur at some point. It's going to be great. This is why I love Yakuza movies. I won't go that far. <laughs> um Hill Flower is so good. Have you seen Pale Flower? I have not seen Pale Flower. I feel like it's it's like uh French inflected enough that you might enjoy that one. Okay. There's a lot of uh people being really sad in like a very French movie way. Okay. Yeah. I'm down for that. Um There's also a wild dream sequence, which is great. Um, yeah. This is the stuff I love, is, like, people with with conflicting duties being pulled in various directions, and it inevitably moving towards tragedy. Yeah. So. Um, I do feel like I felt, like, the the two different sources here. Uh, it did feel like, especially Creamhild in particular, there's, like, sort of a shift in her as a character. Also, Hagen. Yes. Those are, like, the two biggest ones where I felt that shift happening. Um, but, yeah. Um, 
I rolled my eyes a little bit where it was like, I can't believe such so great a warrior as Hagen has been killed by a woman. I was like, she deserved yeah. it. Like, <laughs> let her do it. It's her husband's yeah. sword. He killed her husband. <laughs> God forbid women have hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking chill, Hildebrand. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know if you have if you have broader thoughts. No, I don't have that many. Oh, they'll probably be saved for after we read the back matter anyway. So yeah, because we will not be summarizing the back matter. Right, we'll just be talking about the whole work. Yeah, I I assume so. I'm I'm not gonna yeah. write like notes of the summary. Um yeah. I might like jot down if something stands out, or like put one of my little flags that I I do for when I'm reading Nana. Um, yeah, but. Just so I can like easily reference it, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, oh, should I do what we're reading for uh, Beowulf as well? People have time. Oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we have another episode still, but yeah. I think I can still just say it on this podcast. We'll we'll repeat it again, obviously. But yeah. um, so we again are doing the Maria Devana Heedley translation. Um, I was trying to think about ways to to break this up, and I think given the page count, doing the uh, three part structure that sometimes there's like a you can find a ton of academic papers about what is the structure of Beowulf and various people arguing about it. Uh, but one of the ones that's very easy for if you have to break it up into chunks to read on a podcast is the three part structure where um, each part is sort of based around um, a specific battle. Uh, so I looked at like the lines that people usually say for the three parts. They're kind of like hazy uh, or like a little bit fuzzy because it's sort of one part will will move into another. Um, and so for the the version that we have, um, I had we end with line uh, one thousand and seven, which is on okay. page forty five. Um, it's like right before a, a paragraph break. Um, okay. And then the other one is line 1962. Um, Wait for part two. Which is, yeah, for part two, we'll read until 1962, which is the line break on 85. Uh, okay. Or the paragraph break on, on page 85. And then just to the end. Um, if you have a, if you're reading a different version, if you decide to do like the Heaney version or something, like for the, for the listener, um, I checked that and like the, where they do some of the paragraph breaks and stuff will vary. Uh, so just kind of feel it out. You can look up like where people say roughly the, the three parts are broken up. Um, yeah. Also going over, uh, won't, won't hurt you. you yeah. Know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that'll be the, the general breakdown, which is basically us going to page 45, page 85, and then the end at page 136. All right. Um, I guess that's it for the saga. Yeah. I did enjoy this one. Uh, I could see a little bit at the end how maybe this could be turned into a more, like, nationalist thing for, for Germany, but 
um in yeah, general i mean was just I, I'm, I'm curious what like i know that the you know uh that wagner stuff pulls from more than just this right but yeah. i was expecting it to be a little more informed by this and it, this is just very like one story very straightforward there's not many fantastical stuff really like siegfried's a little fantastical he has the air of fantastical about him but it dissipates as he gets fucking destroyed yeah uh same with uh Brynhild, like, she has a little bit of the air of the fantastical, yeah. like, when they go to Iceland. But, yeah, that's, like, the most fantastical it gets. Um, and, yeah, it, like, compared to the the uh, Volsunga saga that we read, it felt a lot less fantastical, you know? Yeah. We, like, get brief mention that maybe he slayed a dragon. <laughs> Rather than, like, the actual Odin coming and being like, all right, dig, the, uh, dig these channels and then, like, stand here and slay the dragon and then the blood will let you talk to animals. And, yeah. Um, I also felt there was a little bit of, like, a, a threat of fate throughout it, especially when uh, we had the whole part with the, like, Nixies and stuff. But I also felt mm. like that was way less prominent than like i associate with a lot of the the sagas and adas and stuff um they just seem like deeply concerned with the idea of like uh being fated to die and just having to have some sort of feeling about that yeah um so at a certain point the burgundians just seem like they're like digging their heels in being like we know we're gonna die but we're gonna take as many of you motherfuckers out with us as we can (laughs) um just kind of fun. I know the other big part of uh Wagner stuff is the Volsunga saga, which we will yeah. get to at some point, right? So Well the Volsunga saga we've read. But yeah, the Ada stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. There's yeah, the I think stuff. pulls Sorry. from some of the yes. Adas, yeah, which there are like some lays in there that we will we will read. Yeah. Um when we get to that, I have to think about how we're gonna break up because some of those poems are short, so we can like pair them up, but other ones, you know. I imagine we might be having shorter readings just because um It'll be a lot of, like, individual poems. Yeah. Um, it will be funny when we read uh, Haubamal, which is just a bunch of things that supposedly o- Odin said once. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just full of a bunch of, like, uh, old man wisdom. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so... It's is a yeah, fun I've read. read I've read Marcus Aurelius. I know how this yeah. goes. It's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um It'll be fun. But I don't know if they're I've been playing a little bit of Final Fantasy VIII. That's the big thing I have been trying to I mean the biggest thing I have been doing is so we recorded last Wednesday. Um on Thursday, I had half of my dose of Adderall, uh, and I used it when I was, like, doing in bulk, like, cleaning my house a bunch. Um, it was pretty nice. And then I've just not had Adderall for, like, since then. Uh, and I, f- I feel like it, this one has been especially rough. Um, yeah. I just feel, like, exhausted. Uh, focusing is really hard. So, um, yeah, I was trying to read the saga at one point um, and Emily was listening to music and I was just like, I can't read words while Aqua is happening. Like my brain just can't do both of them. (laughs) Um, Because Emily listens to to lots of Aqua and similar uh, 90s club hits. 
So yeah, that's because Aqua is one of the greatest bands yeah. ever. So <laughs> it is great music. Um, she has my sword on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Especially lately, she's like really gotten into basically anything that ever would have been in DDR again. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I did play a, a decent amount of Final Fantasy VIII. Not quite as much as I, I wanted to, but went to space. Um. Played the annoying mini game to rescue Renoa in space. Um. All that. So, I I went and saved, and I'm on Ragnarok. So, uh, I think I've heard that that's the airship. I think I'm to the airship now. That that is indeed the okay. airship. Yeah. So that's where I am. Probably getting pretty close to the end because I imagine. I mean, this war will have like probably a a boss gauntlet and a lengthy dungeon or something. But uh, I still imagine that's like all end game stuff. And like you can just do a bunch of the the uh, side quest stuff that you haven't done yet, because that's really why the, those final discs are so big. Is they still have to have all the side quests that they want to have you be able to do on there. Um, you're just gonna remain silent, but <laughs> no, I you know you uh, you're you're in it. Yeah. I have nothing to say. Yeah. Um. I explained the plot of Final Fantasy VIII so far to one of my coworkers during lunch today, um, and just trying to explain, like, the events that happen in that game is kind of wild. Like, to a person who just, like, hasn't played it. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're just like, you get the second disc, and uh, one of the members in your party are like, so am I the only person that remembers that we're all from the same orphanage, and also the person that we're fighting uh, was the headmaster, or headmistress of that orphanage, um, and was nice? (laughs) Well, the problem is, they've had these things living in their brains, putting holes in their brain forever. Which, here's the thing, like, at, at the, as someone who loved 8 when it came out, was a defender, and people were like, oh, it's nonsensical, uh, all this stuff doesn't make sense, the orphanage scene in particular was, like, regularly just like, oh, this is where the story falls apart, because none of this has ever been, like, presaged by the rest of the plot before, and it all comes out of nowhere, and I was like, did you not read the part on the first computer in the first room of the video game? It's like, people, the news says GS will put holes in your brain, but that's fake news. <laughs> yeah. Um... It it's the kind of thing where like lots of thematic stuff is happening and I'm interested in the thematic stuff, but that I now understand how people who are like uh lore brained or whatever would come up with something as inane as the Squall's Dead theory. Um because if you just want to like piece everything together where you feel like it all makes sense, uh and you're not like I just so much thematic stuff happens in some of it being weird and disjointed. Um, that I'm interested in, uh, but I I do I understand the impulse, even though I think it's stupid to to have a squall is dead theory. So, um, but yeah, um, that's that's mostly where I am now. I'm trying to think if I've been doing much else. Um, not particularly. I don't know what you've been up to. 
I have been uh, watching some movies and gaming and working. Work just continues to be really difficult right now. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, being a problem. But what are you going to do? I went back to the gym. So I was going to go back to the gym. I did that. And then I hurt a couple days later. Um, and then I went back to the gym again. And tomorrow should be the day where I'm sore if I'm going to be sore. But I feel all right right now. Yeah, I always get my uh, muscle soreness the, the day, not the day after, but the day after the day after. It's like yeah. two days delayed. Um, I feel like similar for me. I mean, I do sometimes like a little bit the day after, but um, I feel like the worst is like two days after. Because um, it's like more the like, the way muscle building works is weird because it's just like you're making a ton of little tiny tears in your muscles and then they like heal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I did start Rose of Versailles. That was one of the other things that I did. So. Oh yeah. Um, I've only watched two episodes so far. Um, I wanted to watch two. Uh, yesterday when I when I took my lunch. Uh, but I had a really really bad migraine and um. When I have a bad migraine, the idea of moving my body around is like, like at all is just terrible, terrible to me. I don't want to do that. Uh, so if a migraine, like exercise is not happening. And when I'm like on the exercise bike or the treadmill or something is my main anime watching time. So instead I laid in bed and like half slept for a little bit and played a little bit of Final Fantasy eight for my lunch. But, um, yeah. Um, Yeah, I watched the first two. And the fucking animation on those horses just going into the water and like drinking some of the water in the lake or whatever. Yeah. We gotta go back. <laughs> um It's also been wild because my my kid's still watching uh like the original Pokemon anime and then has also been watching whatever the like new season is, because that's also on Netflix. Um mm. And just seeing, like, here's the currently running or, like, very recently running Pokemon um, right after the old stuff is, like, man, anime's gotten weird. <laughs> um, uh, Pokemon in particular has a weird history of the way it looks. Yeah. I don't actually know what the current season looks like. I haven't paid any attention to it. Um, I mean, there's, like, a lot more... I felt like it was much more fight focused and there's like way more animating like various cool attacks and stuff, which makes sense. But um, like that's just the the arc of I feel like a lot of Shonen Battle stuff. Uh, but like especially just watching the new stuff, I was like, this is just Shonen Battle now in the way that like the old one kind of was, but it, it didn't feel quite as much of like, oh, there's like a, a gym battle. that's going to take like four episodes, you know? <laughs> um. Sam, I don't actually know how long it took because I don't always pay the closest attention when I'm like cooking and my kids watching or whatever. But um, yeah, um, I'm just trying to see if I can find like the current Pokemon anime. Uh, God, it, yeah. Uh, Ash or Red, as my kid calls him, um, just looks so weird too. 
there's like some new new kid who I think is getting introduced in this one. Um, yeah. Go. Sure. I think yeah, the new kid is is Go. That's weird. <laughs> Pokemon um, anime Go. Like named after Pokemon Go, I assume. Yeah. I th- oh wait 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 um like goh yeah okay but also i assume it's named after pokemon go um yeah maybe um i'm assuming you're looking at a picture of this kid name yes he wants to find a Mew. oh he's like a character who was around when ash was around okay i see yeah yeah, so the beginning has, like, Go and Ash together, but I assume it's, like, a little bit of a handoff, you know? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, when the funny little guys are on screen, the funny little guys are on screen, it still it still hits, you know? You're like, oh, yeah. it's an Eevee. Look at Pikachu. I mean, Pikachu's fine. Oh, wait, no, this... This is the one that ends with, like, the end of Ash stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, The new one, um... The new one isn't even out yet. The new series of, like, the new protagonist. Okay. Because it's, like, a it's two dual protagonists. It's, like, a girl and a boy. It makes sense. Yeah, this is the... Because it's, like, started at episode one or whatever of Pokemon Journeys. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't actually know how long this this season is, uh, or like um, series. Pokemon of Journeys is one hundred and thirty six seven episodes. Seems like yeah. Christ, <laughs> so much. There's so much Pokemon anime. It was very funny when there was that one tweet. Uh, that was like here are all the different streaming services you have to use to like watch all of the Pokemon anime. Um, it was just very tempting to like quote tweet it with actually it's really easy to find all of the Pokemon anime on one website. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was watching all the Pokemon anime in uh, God f- fifteen years ago or my in my early 20s um i got through the voice actor change it really fucked me up wasn't super happy about it but i kept pushing on and i had the problem that i caught up (laughs) and i was left with the uh, the impossible choice of do i switch to japanese uh and then all the names are wrong because it's the fucking pokemon show or do i watch week to week as they come out and neither of these things are things that would happen and thus i never watched pokemon anime again yeah um, I, I think I saw like a little bit of the stuff where like Wabuffet was part of Team Rocket. That was a long, yeah. Wabuffet's been part of Team Rocket for a long time. Um, but I feel it like the like anywhere. first season of that is probably where I stopped watching the anime as a kid and did not watch okay. after that. Yeah, as a kid, I, I think I stopped watching the Orange Islands because I was like, I can't believe they're doing this fake season that's full of nothing. Um, when gold and silver out, not really understanding how anime was produced. Um, and, uh, it was only later that I, um, 
that I was like, I'm going to watch. This is when I was basically doing nothing other than playing Pokemon uh, with my spare time uh, because I was very depressed and very broke uh living on someone's couch sort of thing um but it's a great time to download a bunch of anime and watch it uh because you don't have anything else to do yeah um my my kids are gonna be such an anime nerd (laughs) yes uh they just independently found and started watching the sonic x the other day I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like in a year or two, I'll just go and it'll be like, why are you watching Akira? <laughs> God. Um, yeah. Yeah, at least because uh, we like we have a number of stuff that's just on our smart TV. But we have a Samsung TV, I think, uh, which because of like whatever parent company owns Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll does not like Samsung. Um, And so there's like no app on it Uh, or maybe it works the other way or both. I don't know. Um, know. But yeah, whenever I want to watch Crunchyroll, uh, because I did just get that to make some of the stuff for for Ghost Divers easier um in particular just because i don't have to like constantly download everything all the time Mm. um it also makes watching a lot of gundam stuff easier because it's some of it's just on there Um, Uh, i have no idea yeah but i have to like uh do the apple uh whatever thing they cast it to the tv from like my phone or laptop um, oh yeah, but it does mean that at least my my kid can't just like get on the Crunchyroll and start watching whatever horrible stuff is on Crunchyroll. Oh God, yes. Sure, there's some real horny stuff on Crunchyroll. Yeah, I'm gonna catch him watching Attack on Titan. Oh, that'd be the worst. <laughs> um, yeah. You started playing the... I, I saw you tweeting about it. Um, what's the name of it again? It's like second something? Uh, what, are, what are we talking about? Uh, whatever the, the... The game you started playing like right before we recorded. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm drawing oh, a blank. I, this is not new. I've been playing it for like three, two weeks. Okay. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I'm playing Another Code Recollection, which is the collection of... Uh, trace memory they don't call it that in there they call it another code two memories and then another code journey another code a journey into lost memories uh so trace memory was like an early ds game is like it came out in june of 05 ds came out over christmas of 04 that's when i got when i went going over christmas break 04 is my first year in college came home over christmas break my brother had a ds i was like what's the this thing seemed weird because everyone really made fun of it when the ds was announced and i played a little bit of my brothers and i was like this thing's fucking cool i have to get one because i wasn't interested like I, yeah, people were dunking online. Um, I didn't have a lot of disposable income. Uh, very broke during college. Um, but then I was like, oh, I have to get one. But it was like the new release console over Christmas holiday, like post Christmas, that I'm looking for it. And, and the DS was not immediately popular. That didn't happen until like Nintendo Dogs and shit, like a little bit down the line. Yeah. Um, 
but I I found one in a Sears that shows it's 2004 because I went to a fucking Sears and they had video game stuff, um, and no one had, no one had bought it, so I bought it. And um, anyway, I was I, basically I probably played almost every DS game for the first like half of the DS's lifespan that anyone remembers because I was just I. Um, after I from college, especially DS games were like 30 bucks. Um, and I had a job where, and I didn't pay rent and I didn't have a car and I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have services. It wasn't, it wasn't, it's not like it is now in the world. And so I just threw all my disposable income at going to get sushi every Friday and fucking buying DS games. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that was like a, uh, really short, like three or four hour long, like, dual screen adventure adventure game slash mystery um where you're this girl walking around this island like you come here to find your dad who you thought was dead um and it's not and he's like oh please come to the island and you you go to this island and you you see a ghost and uh, like this boy who's a ghost and he follows you around and you solve some puzzles and you figure out the mystery then they made a sequel uh, for the Wii, called Another Code R, Journey to Lost Memories. But uh, the first game, I guess, was not that popular. So it only came out in Japan and Europe uh, in 2009. Um, and the developer, Singh, uh, has gone out of business since then. Um, I'm pretty sure they're actually out of business. Uh, they made, like, a Hotel Dusk, which is probably their more famous game. Yeah. Um, and... Um, this, that never came out, and I, I wasn't emulating Wii games. Uh, and then they announced this collection, and I was just kind of in this weird period where, like, I can't start another big game. Um, I'm not really feeling any of the visual novels I picked at, so I was like, it's time to play. I'm just going to pick this up randomly. I uh, bought a physical Switch game in 2024 like a weirdo. Um, and uh, it's a nice new package. The, they took the original game and didn't make it like the Wii game. They put both games in like a new engine where the, there's like free traversal. The, the Wii game, as far as I can tell, I've not watched video, but I've read about it, was like you're on a campground and you go around places, but your interiors are like locked in place as you look around with the Wiimote to like interact with stuff. And they took all that out. It's just a third person behind the back, it like it, it run around a place and look at items, adventure game. Um and uh it's really nice and it's very chill um they're very like low stakes little adventures like i don't know it's like you know as a kid i was really into boxcar children and i feel like another code is like in that lane of like not a whole lot of danger there's a little bit of danger at the end but it's not a lot of menace there's a mystery Uh, it's mostly about this girl as she grows up um she's like 13 in the first game and she's 16 in the second game and uh if she was because they they take place in like real time she would be like 33 now and i desperately want them to make a third game where she's just 33 and burnt out um it'd be great um i've had a good time with it i hate using the switch though i fucking hate the switch so much yeah because it's a Switch game, because uh, I have like the the joy the um, split pad Pro, the Hori. I have an awful looking Sonic one. I love it so much. It's beautiful. It's a really ga- garish, gaudy controller, but it's <laughs> my favorite because um, it's got it's big. It's got bigger handles. Um, it just sits nice in the hand. Yeah, um, the buttons I have the, don't have the weird clicky stuff. I have the like you know? Demon X Machina one. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and uh. But they don't have rumble and they don't have accelerometers. And the game has some puzzles that use the accelerometers because it's a fucking Switch game. So I had to put on my Joy-Cons for this experience, which has not made me happy because the the Switch with real Joy-Cons is the worst thing I've ever held in my hands. Yeah. Um, I think it was on stairwells that described it as Fisher-Price Steam Deck. (laughs) Is the feeling that you have just holding it. Yeah. I'm looking at the Sonic... uh, 
Hori split pad, and this is beautiful and how gaudy it is. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. I, I'm really into them. Uh, the Demon X Machina green- ones are just like black with like a red X button. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so it's just been weird. I'll be glad when I uh, and because it's Switch games, sometimes it's like weirdly stuttery, and you know everything takes too long to load, and you're like, this, this, I fucking hate this platform. Um, Nintendo bums me out, is what I'm saying. Nintendo fucking yeah. bums me out. Um, but I'm enjoying the game a lot. Um, and uh, I'm I'm glad they made it. It's, like, weird. Like, Nintendo, I think, owns the... Like, they publish the game, so they own the, like, IP, and they had Arc System Works make this remake. So I doubt there's going to be more. I think it was just, like, we need something for the last year of Wii Software, um, or Switch Software. This is a thing that some people remember. Um, what can we remake? <laughs> As yeah. they desperately try to remake everything. And it's Paper Mario in this, um, apparently. Uh, Twilight Princess will not be coming out. Fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, yeah, um, it's been nice. It, I'm, I'm probably going to be done. I, like, I literally was playing for like an hour and a half because I had a bad day to work today. And I came home and I cooked dinner and dinner was bomb. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here and play video games until it's time to record. And that's what I've done. And it's been nice. Yeah. Um, I know, like, I was doing uh, Caligula Effect 2 or whatever yeah. on the Switch. And I just... Yeah, I played that on my Switch also. Yeah, and I just, like, uh, haven't picked it up since I got the Steam Deck. Because I'm just like... I, I would rather just play something on the Steam Deck. Um, I've been having this, like, strong urge to, like, pick up Atelier Ryza and, like, play through that trilogy or something. Uh, but I'm also just filled with dread about, like... Because I feel like for some reason a bunch of those... Um, Gus Corporation games don't run well on the Steam Deck. Um, I don't know if that's still true, but like I know there's like a yeah, number that I, have issues, um, especially the older ones. Like th- they're not going back and patching those games, right? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do the work to make it run well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Rise in particular is like the one where I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's like the most recent series that like there's three games out. You know, uh, I see a bunch of stuff with Ryza like. It'd be fun to like actually play through those ones because I haven't played any of those ones. Um, but yeah, it, I guess if anyone's listening to this and knows if it, if like the Rise of Games play well on Steam Deck, I can also check that, uh, that one oh, thing. And it, yeah, yeah, it seemed like it was like if I okay, correctly, but it's not, um, I think it's different per game is the problem. Yeah, it really is. Um, like so, even within Rise, let's see. Ryza, oh, Ryza one is platinum and two and three are gold. This is, I don't think this was the case last I checked, but that's totally yeah. fine. I don't, um, if it's a gold game, I don't even think about it. Um, um someone's like, oh, you know, you need to set a uh, thing. There's like a download fix you need to put in the file. Then it's fine. Yeah. Um, um well, I might end up doing that, but yeah, it's one of those things too, where I'm like, I know it probably runs fine on switch. Like maybe some stuff is a little stuttery or whatever, but that's fine. It's a, it's a fucking JRPG where you run around and collect stuff to, you know, do alchemy. Um, I don't need perfect frame rate on that or whatever. Uh, but I just would rather play it on the steam deck than on the switch. So yes. Um, but I mean, I still, the older ones get less, uh, covered, and um, there's always the thing with um, with Steam games where if you don't like it, just re- like if it doesn't run, just refund it. Yeah. <laughs> don't waste your time with that. Um, yeah. 
Um, I still feel like I've landed in a, a decent place for what I want, like, from games right now, which is that between, like, the Switch and the Steam Deck, uh, most of the kind of stuff that I would want to play is going to be on one or both of those. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The the PlayStation 5 and whatever the fuck the new X... I still don't fucking understand the Xbox naming convention stuff. Um, just, just the Xbox? Xbox Series yeah. X. Well, wasn't it. there, like, another Series X as well? No, there's... The last generation, there's the Xbox One, and then they made, like, a PS4 Pro version of that called the Xbox One X. Nobody has ever thought about those in five years. Don't okay. think about it. The current lineup is the Xbox Series X, which is the, the one you want, and the cheaper one that only runs games at 1080 called the Xbox Series S, which is like slim, like the like the yeah. PS3 slim or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. And um, it doesn't have a disk drive also is the thing. Um, doesn't matter. Who knows if there's even going to be an Xbox in three years. Uh, it, beyond the purview of this podcast, probably, but stress me out i like i like my xbox i don't like my ps5 i use both pretty regularly um but i much prefer the xbox to be a healthy ecosystem and it doesn't seem like that's gonna work out for me yeah um yeah this is just truly the gen i i mean i know there's still some stuff on there but it feels the most like the generation where like the console thing has not sold me you know all the all the generations before having like the new console has felt like oh yeah this is gonna be like so much easier than having some sort of like pc or something um this is somebody who's like often not one wanted to do the like the full grind of and i still have to do it a little bit on the steam deck of like oh is this gonna run i was gonna say i feel like the steam deck has more of a grind than a pc does yeah um but and it's also like I'm probably going to get most of the components for a gaming PC from Connor at some point this year. Um, yeah. But we've decided that rather than him even try and mail it to us, the thing that makes sense is just when he comes to visit Chicago, he will bring it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, he still needs to unplug the graphics card. I'm, yeah. I'm very adamant about this. Please don't yeah. ship it with the gra- or like transport of the graphics card. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's. You know, once I get that, then I'll like, I don't know if I'll probably try and set it up, but uh, especially when we like move, it'll be, I think, easier to set up because the other thing you can do, um, especially if your home internet is better, is you could just download games to your Steam Deck and then stream or to your PC and then stream them to your Steam Deck, Yeah, uh, which allows you to play things that won't run on Steam Deck. uh, And there's like a little bit of latency, but you're not playing action games. You're not that kind of gamer. Yeah. Um, at most I need the, the timing to be able to do the little hit on the field against the enemy that starts the battle. Yeah, you will be fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I used to do fighting games and stuff, but yeah, if I did that too, I would not be doing it on the Steam Deck. Um, no, yeah, me too. Um, and truly the, the idea of a fighting game always feels like a siren call of just like, I don't know if I want to touch that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like fighting games, um, but the pr- the problem is uh, my friends are kind of split on the games they play. Not, uh, everyone plays Street Fighter, and I, I enjoy Street Fighter, but getting people together to play is hard. Like mm-hmm. Sometimes I play, uh, like Street Fighter, I've mostly played with Molly and Nora, um, and I've had a great time whenever we do that. 
Um, I know a bunch of my friends are into Tekken. If I got Tekken, I could join up with their crew. But they have like Thursday night, we're doing Tekken and they do Tekken for three hours. And I'm like, I I just can't fit that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like a, a, the thing for me is like, I, I've occasionally tried to pick up a fighting game casually, and I it just feels like having done less casual fighting game, I will say. Uh, I, I was never a pro, but like, I when I play a fighting game, I just want to go all in and like really learning the game and everything, uh, and I don't really have that time anymore, um, and so just casually playing a fighting game, um, like... I, I would do that when I was all in on a few and then it's like, oh yeah, let's like boot up the old arcade Jackie Chan fighting game, right? And just play this casually. Um as just like a fun thing to do. But yeah. Uh like I picked up the not even the most recent Guilty Gear, but the one before that, and I was just like, uh, I just like either want to go all in on this and I don't really have the time anymore to do that. Um, or I just feel like it's not worth it to me. Um, and this is just my brain having done like a lot of fighting game stuff in the past. So, oh yeah. See, I'm, I'm pretty like, I enjoy fighting games. I've never been serious. Um, I'm not very competitive. I like playing and whenever I play with people, people say I do all right, but I'm not going to lab anything out and I'm just going to chill and I don't get tilted if I lose a lot. I don't really care. Um, I never really got tilted about losing. Um, but I, I would just like practice combos and all of that kind of stuff and yeah. yeah i just can't do that stuff anymore so yeah my my era of that was like virtual fighter 4 uh, which you know i had a friend i played with but i don't even see that friend that often and uh virtual fighter is not what it is uh what it used to be and uh no one i know plays it so and also virtual fighter sickos are the scariest people in the world i don't want to play virtual fighter at that level mm. yeah and if it's at the part where i'm like looking at meta and like which are like the good counter picks and stuff i'm just like i like i either have to do this or just not play the game you know yeah i have to be like uh, willing to go there or not (laughs) no no when i played street fighter i played a little bit of everybody to find the like three characters i liked and i mostly just switched between those three characters yeah but But start losing too much with one character i'll switch to another one so I do the the thing too, where I have like the three characters that i like and probably one that i like mostly play um but then I'm also being like, okay, and what are the matchups for these characters? And like, what are the stuff I need to pay attention to? No, that's, uh, too, that's too far for me. Yeah. I don't want to do homework. And like, if I'm Ibuki, like, how do I, how do I counter this person? That's going to be a problem for me. If I'm going to be like in that matchup, you know, um, how do I like take care of the weaknesses that would be in that matchup? So, uh, and yeah, it's just, I, I have to be able to like devote my, t- myself to a fighting game in a way where i would just rather play a J- jrpg now and just like experience a little story and be done with it because that's the other thing with fighting games is there's not like an end you know when you get into a fighting game the end is like you just stop playing um and right now i'm more in the mood of i want to have a game that i can like pick up and play and get to the end of and then put it down so uh, I don't want to find a for, a forever game right now. I, you know, uh, beyond like I have Sudoku, you know, um, I have like those things. So, um, yeah, 
There's something that I thought of that I was going to... Oh, you mentioned uh, internet. Um, the other thing I've been doing this week is the process of trying to... So I had the whole thing where I was trying to get fiber, and then my landlord was weirdly racist about not us not being able to get... Like, not wanting us to have another cord run on the side of the building. It was very bizarre the way he managed to be racist about that. Um, How did this happen? So, uh... I think I explained this on this podcast before, but it was a while ago. Um, in order for them to get the fiber into our apartment, they'd have to run the cable along the side of the building rather than it going into where all of the cables currently go. It could yeah. go into there where it like currently is, but then they would need to use a converter box at the point so that it would like go through our coaxial lines. Um, yeah. And that is in the garage that is the rear unit. Uh, the rear unit pays for it, like pays for the electricity. So that's like a weird thing of like, if there's a converter for like our internet, that's being like on their electricity. Um, so that like, wasn't really possible. Um, and then the, the other thing is landlord was like, Oh, you know, these gangsters doing their graffiti, running cables along the side of the building. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about in my head? Cause this is my landlord. I can't just say what the fuck are you talking about to him? But, um, yeah, I was just like, that's Great. a really weird way to think about, uh, uh, like someone running a low voltage line into an yes. apartment to make the internet better in that apartment they would increase the value of the apartment but okay um yeah uh so can't get fiber until we move um and we currently have rcn which is one of the the options in chicago used to be really good um and i feel like the customer service has gotten really bad the internet i just feel like is worse than it used to be um Obviously, it, like, seems to affect this podcast. Uh, we've had some issues sometimes with, like, video during work and stuff. Um, and so, and then the price just keeps going up every single year, like, ridiculously. So, we're like, we, we can't be paying this much money for shitty internet. Um, so, we're going to pay less money for shitty internet and go to Comcast. But the process of trying to get Comcast, the, like, website is broken for placing an order. Um, you'll go through the whole thing and it will say, like, confirmed and then never get an email or anything. Um, and I've just been, like, trying to – there's a part where I, like, finally got someone, but then they had to, like, put our address onto file um, because it wasn't in there, uh, like, for our specific unit. All this to say, it's been like a month long process now. Uh, but on the drive home today, I like finally got through. I think there's like an actual order. Um, it sounds like I can actually just set it up this weekend myself, but they like wanted to know what day. And I was like, well, probably like the weekend is going to be the easiest. Uh, cause it'll have time to like sit around and do this. So, uh, probably next time we record. I will have different internet and we'll see if it's better. It is higher speed too for cheaper. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it won't stay the cheapness that it, like, cause it's what I think like a year that we have at this price. We didn't do the contract one, but it, it did say for like 12 months or whatever. Um, and probably by then we will hopefully have moved and just get fiber. So, um, that's my other update is I think finally internet's going to be updated and I, I hope it improves. It's been fine tonight. 
but tonight's been great. Yeah, yeah. no, last week not so much. Yeah, but this week's been fine. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it. Okay, we can just uh, call it. Yeah, we don't have to keep going. Um, my mother-in-law is coming tomorrow, and I think mm. I'm finally gonna have her watch G Savior. Oh right, you yeah. have to report back. Um, because I think she will enjoy it, and I also just really want to know that there's one person in this world who is only seeing G Savior as like their one Gundam thing. <laughs> I think that if I only saw G Savior, I would have had a great time and not really thought about it. Yeah. Beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna give her that gift. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Uh being like you love old sci fi shows and Star Trek and stuff. Here, let's watch this. <laughs> uh huge fan of the old sci fi Dune series, both of them. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, so that's my plan for this week is to watch G Savior again with my mother-in-law. Um, uh, that sounds all right. Yeah. Where's the G Savior Blu-ray? These are, these are the important questions. Where is the G Savior Blu-ray? Um, part of me is also like, if they did a Blu-ray, it'd be really nice if they had the like tv quality version still on there like they had the nice blu-ray one but they also had the you can watch the like old tv quality i also would like the dub the japanese dub yeah that'd be great um even just to see yeah i'm assuming you've looked up who voices people we did when we watched it i think but i none of that's been retained yeah um man g savior Anywhere, where, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. I'm on Blue Sky. If you you you're in Blue Sky now that it's open, I don't really post there. That I like, I'll cross post promotional stuff, but um, I barely tweet on Maine. Even though I try to make an effort to tweet on Maine more, I just uh, especially when I'm like been down lately, I don't have the bandwidth to post on publicly. Uh, so find me in the Discord if you really want to find me. Uh, if you want to listen to my podcast, you get a Patreon or not. You can go to abnormalmapping.com. Uh, what, what's new? Nothing. Nothing's new over there. Uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash normalmapping, uh, there will be a new Blockbusters that's already up on Big, which I watched last night and I thoroughly enjoyed. So, fuck yeah. your one star. I, I should rewatch it just to see. Um, I mean, there, but- look. I, I recognize that there is the big glaring thing where this lady is uh, unaware, gets in a relationship with a 13-year-old. Problematic. It was the 80s. Yeah. Um, I'm not disca- discrediting that, um, but I think Penny Marshall has a real eye for, like, being em- like emotionally earnest without descending into full treacly nonsense. Um, it's not as good as the league of her own as a film overall. That's like my petty Marshall go-to, but I think the highs are higher. I think the bit with him in the fucking uh, FAO Schwartz playing on the piano with the, with the, with what's his face. Uh, Robert Loja is fucking incredible. Great scene. Um, I didn't think it would hit. Cause it's like one of those, the IOC reference. I'm like, no, the whole thing about like, he's a guy who just, found himself the head of this company and wants to desperately understand what kids are like. And this is a kid pretending to be an adult. I think the stuff about him learning to be adult is like done with a lot of like aware. It's not for the thing that I really like about that briefly. We've already recorded the, the blockbusters when you're listening to this, but I haven't recorded it yet is, um, 
I think the movie's really sympathetic to the, the reality of adults where none of us know what the fuck we're doing. And we just look back at who we used to be and go, where did that go? How did this disappear? I think that's what the, the movie is really good at. <laughs> um, Yeah, I remember mostly. I mean, some of it is I specifically just saw it. And I was like, I don't think I like that movie one star. Um, But also I have like such a little patience for stuff that's about like a man child, basically. Um, yeah. So also, I think you I generally have a, a low opinion of Tom Hanks. There are some good Tom Hanks roles. I don't understand. But, Tom Hanks is an American treasure. Yeah, but I mean, he was also in He's Forrest not, Gump, and it's just good. really colored my opinion oh, of Tom Hanks. I continue to be bad. Like, the more movies I watch around the era of Tom Hanks' ascension, the idea that he said yes to Forrest Gump, that it was made at all, is increasingly baffling to me. Forrest Gump is like a, a weird, like, black hole of culture. <laughs> I hate it. I hate Forrest Gump. But I think Tom Hanks is great. Um, but like his role in this is so much more like nuanced and like complicated than anything he does in Forrest Gump. Um, and it much more earnestly comes by a character who doesn't know what's going on in the world around them. Right. Yeah. Cause he wants to understand. He has the capacity to understand. I just don't like stories about like where it's about like, Oh, isn't it so charming that this person has like developmental problems? And I'm like, no, not really. I don't really like find that like in- endearing to watch th- them struggle with a world that doesn't really care about them. Yeah. Other than the way they were commodified to be like a cute, like bumbling fool. Yeah. Um. It's, it's like that. I think was also one of my first, Tom Hanks stuff that I saw because my mom loved uh, that movie so much. Tom, Forrest Gump. Uh, big or, or... Oh, yeah. Forrest Gump is a child. We had the VHS, I think, and I've watched it a ton. I've seen Forrest Gump so many times. I only dislike it as an adult who can think about things. Right? Like I, I liked it a lot as a kid uh, because like it had a bunch of music I liked and he ate, he drank thirty like 23 Dr. Peppers before he met the president. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I can't. I have no time for that shit now. Yeah. I'm just like looking at Tom Hanks movies and I truly just feel like it's like it's it especially is like. uh, Some of the later Tom Hanks stuff, like, I mean, Polar Express is also terrible, but. um, Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I watched that once and I was like, this fucking shit. Get out of here. Um, Like Castaway is just another one of those like Tom Hanks movies. Where I'm just like, eh. Um, Dragnet, fucking great. Apollo 13, fucking great. Yeah. First Toy Story, pretty good. He's fine in Toy Story. I you've mean, got mail, incredible. League of Their Own, incredible. I mean, you've got mail, yeah. You've got mail rules. Castaway's okay. Road to Perdition's good. Um, I also it, saw it started- so much Sleepless in Seattle when I was a kid in a way where I probably enjoy it more now, but I, my mom also loved that movie and I saw it so mm. much that it like, yeah. Um, I wrote a prediction catch if you can both coming out in 2002 really like hammered home to me. Like, I feel like Tom Hanks is best when he's playing kind of a jerk, but you're like, you're too, you're, you're, you're willing to be bought in by his bullshit. Yeah. Um, catch if you can, one of the classic films. I think catch if you can is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Catch me if you can is um, great. But then there's like a, but yeah, there's a bunch of horse shit, like the terminal and, uh, the polar express, the Da Vinci code, like get out of here. Yeah. But. He's still he's still fucking Tom Hanks. <laughs> I will not I will I not just, stand here and have Tom Hanks be besmirched. I just feel like it's more mixed for me. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Anyway, Mimi is voiced by the same voice actress who did a bunch of the women in Uretsuka Doji. So. <laughs> um, also voices Crayon Jinchan. Well, not Crayon Jinchan. A specific character. I think like the teacher or something. Just in terms of G save your voice actors. Um. Anyway, am I doing plugs now? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me at Foxwomnia on Twitter. Uh, Blue Sky co-host, Annie List, Letterboxd, anything that I'm on. Uh, those are the main ones. Twitter's basically the only one that I actually regularly use. Um, and go listen to my other podcasts. Uh, we're doing Nana on Ghost Divers, um, Pondering Bhutan with Achi Shirotaro and Hachimitsu Boy continues to be a fun time. Uh, and Ornate Stairwells, that, that, uh, episode on, uh, Straight Story was great. I think. I need to watch Straight Story. I feel like I'm much more likely to be aligned with you just listening to the conversation about it, but I'd have to see for myself. Yeah. The thing is... You said you weren't sure. Autumn was like, oh, I think you'd agree with Nia. And I was like, I don't know. I think that I... um, I think it could go either way, but you were... You seem more uncertain than I'd be. I think I'm more aligned with you. Okay. Just, just from listening to you two talk about it, as someone who regularly suffers by my own stupid Midwestern work ethic, I hate that shit. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um, it's specifically to the fact that the smoke and mirrors of the movie work so well that it's like, mm-hmm. uh, that like cinema is happening on the screen and the cinema is good. That makes me, it's the, it's the same reason why I get like really mad about, uh, Banshees of Inisherin, which is like, this is a well made, funny movie. Uh, and I just see through its bullshit enough that I'm mad about it as like a piece of propaganda, basically. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I need to watch that at some yeah. point. Um, so yeah, I feel like my, my feelings are very similar and that, uh, experience of watching it, generally enjoying it. Uh, when I think about it, I'm like, this is so wretched. I hate that this exists. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I understand. Uh, yeah. On some level, that is what Blockbusters is foundationally meant to be about. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, also, it was just, it was so funny opening up, like, Disney Plus, typing in straight, and then getting a David Lynch movie. <laughs> Yes, I watched big on Disney Plus also. Yeah, uh, it was very. I was like, I know this is streaming somewhere. Where is it? And I checked, just watch. It was like, oh, it's on Disney Plus. So I was like, Destiny, I need your Disney Plus password. I, I don't have that signed in on my iPad because why would I ever use Disney Plus? She has it for The Simpsons, I think, exclusively. Yeah. Um. So, and then I th- their recommendations like, oh, this is where all the mom movies live. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense. There, I mean, there's a, there's a few things, but I feel like the, the guy who voices Mark in G Savior, it's like more of like a movie actor guy. It seems like there's not, there's not as much like, uh, anime stuff here as some of the other people. So 
There's like a few, but it like not a lot of it is like big stuff either. You know. Um, was in uh, was a, a character in Common Teacher. The fuck is Common Teacher? Anyway, we're done here. <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. Oh, I have one more plug. Uh, watch me and Dia play MTV's Club Dead. It was really good. It's like five episodes long. Oh yeah. Um, it was great fun. Uh, they should let Dia uh, interview um, Nick, Nick Offerman. Offerman. I, I wanted to yeah. say Mike Offerman, and I'm like, I know it's I not bet Mike. he wouldn't remember doing this video game. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but they should um, still let her do it. It won't be it won't be a surprise if it happens. And if it doesn't happen, I'm literally going to edit this out because I don't I think we'll do it eventually if we don't do it this week. But I think on Sunday we're starting Bokunu Natsuyasumi 2. Hell yeah. As our next Let's Play. And I'm really fucking excited yeah. about it. Because I was falling asleep one night thinking about what we should do next. Because we truly have, we, we had a couple things kick in, but we had no idea. And I was like, what about that one? Um, and he was like, hmm, maybe. Uh, and we'll try We'll try it out. Um, but I haven't gotten confirmation. Like, I said that on like Monday night, Sunday night or whatever. I think Monday night. And I haven't heard back other than she was going to see if she could figure out the emulator situation for that. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I'm going to bleep out the name and you're not going to know. <laughs> yeah. But I think people will be very excited to watch us talk over that one, especially. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, I looked again at the various voice actors for, for G Savior. And at some point I'm going to get you and Jackson to watch Urtsoki Doji with me. Watch what? Urotsuki Doji. How do you spell that? <laughs> Legend oh, of the Overfiend. Okay. <laughs> Maybe use the real title. You're not Mal over here. That is. Christ. <laughs> that is the real title. Everyone in everyone in America knows that it's Legend. If you said Legend of the Overfiend, I would be like, oh, right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I would watch Legend of the Overfiend with you right now. <laughs> I don't think you should ask Jackson to watch Legend of the Overfiend. Um, I was thinking of it because I I realized that there were like three VoIP episodes that I had not listened to yet um, yeah. when I was just like looking at my podcast app. Um, and two of them were the. Oh, right. The, it yeah, was the one where, Marie Kondo yes. ones. And so, yeah, there's the one where uh, Jackson has Uratsuki Doji and you're like, yeah, I keep that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then on the second episode, reveal to Jackson that it was porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the the Discord flipped out at that one. Yeah, because <laughs> what I was doing. Um, you know what? I knew it was going to be an issue because I knew Jackson was going to watch it, and you know what? They didn't. Yeah. Um, it was very funny listening to both of those, being like, "They need me here for the which Japanese movies oh, yeah. to keep and delete." <laughs> I was literally just going off the descriptions. I'm like, yeah. this sounds stupid. Cut that. This yeah. sounds cool. Cut that. Um, yeah, truly some where you're like, oh, yeah, you could keep that. And I'm like, no, delete that one. <laughs> you should have kept this other one. So, yeah, that was the most heated with some of the I mean, anytime anything was Yakuza, you're like, oh, I'll cut it. <laughs> yes. Um and you know, you know what? You know what? I feel like Jackson only deleted about half the ones I said to cut. And of the ones they kept, how many of them have they watched? Zero. <laughs> um, yeah. Because my, my initial thing was burn it all down, only download something when you need it. And they won't listen to me. 
You don't need you don't need a, a hard drives full of a library. The library exists in the world, and if it, if that all goes away, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Find something else to watch. Buy the blue buy the DVD if you need to. You know, there's ways. Yeah. I just am not pressed. I don't need to hoard for winter. Uh, if winter comes, I'm not going to be worried about, oh, I can't get a hold of uh, fucking Legend of the Overfiend. <laughs> I'll be I'll be worried about much more profound things than that. Yeah. But also, Robbie G going down the sad. I, I don't know. Um, anyway. Are we actually done here? Or are we gonna... Yeah, I think we're actually done here. Yeah. We're taking next week off, as we said. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with the back matter for Nibblung Lead. Uh, look forward to that. And whatever else we talk about. Uh, maybe you'll be done with Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, hopefully. It's possible. Um, and uh, until then, we're out of the podcast. And then we are out of the podcast.